making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. Alright, hello Star Wars fans and Moof Milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 352 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe too. And we're sitting next to each other on a couch. This is kind of weird. It, it smells different than usual. <laughs> yeah, if, it, if, this, <laughs> if this episode sounds different, if it, if it feels different, it's because this episode is recorded live with no editing... No, we're gonna have very little like little doodads and special stuff. This is just blast points live, and you know what an appropriate episode for it too. Talking about guns for hire, <laughs> chapter twenty-two of the Mandalorian, the, the ultimate blast points episode. Somehow, <laughs> it was also an episode that was raw and live, and nothing could be edited out. Nothing. Just it it's just it it has to be exactly what it is. It's perfection. <laughs> I've watched I've watched the episode about five times and I'm still not hundred percent clear on what's going on. Usually, you know, like episode comes out on Wednesday and like by that night, I'm kinda like, okay, I got a pretty good I feel like I got a good grasp on what I think is going on in this episode. This one was so much I'm like really quiet, I think. But that's okay. We're like both singing into the same microphone here, which is it's a its own thing. Yeah. Um, usually, like you know, you want to watch something over and over again. This was like so over the top that I had to take a break. <laughs> I just had to let it sink in that I really, really saw what I saw and that it was a real thing before I could even watch it again. Like I just had to absorb it. Because like every second of it was just yeah, it's too much. I still can't believe that the, we, that was just was that this morning was that yesterday when was, was that? Uh, well, yeah, it was yesterday. It was, that was yesterday. That was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Time has stopped moving <laughs> since then. It's it's almost like you can't eat your favorite food every day, and watching this episode is like getting like all your favorite food all at once, all like together. Yeah. No, it is. Well, it's like eating the best meal of your life and being so stuffed you feel like you don't want to eat anymore, even <laughs> though it's like the best food you've ever eaten. You got to just wait to digest it before you can go for another round. This this episode, we you know if we're, if we appreciate everyone checking in on our safety after this episode and the amount of people that thought of us during this episode is truly appreciated because this episode is just. From start to finish, like, what the hell is going on in this? What is happening? In the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, this is neat. They're going to this planet. This is cool. Oh, look, it's Jack Black, and it's Lizzo, and there's a bunch of aliens. And then, wait, what's going on with this droid problem? Is this really about droids and what we're really... Battle droids? We're really doing this? I think we all went into this episode being like, maybe this is the droid bar episode. That'd be cool. Yeah, little did we know that the droid bar was the least outrageous part of this episode. Because <laughs> you're not even thinking, talking about the, just the opening before the even title card. 
it could have ended right there and they could have a message could have came on the screen and, and it's like hi I'm Di- I'm I'm Mr. Disney and all Star Wars is canceled for forever and we're never going to do Star Wars again and this is the last Star Wars thing you're going to ever see and I would have been okay Bob Iger comes out and now everybody this is it this is the last one yeah if the last Star Wars thing I ever see is a Mon Calamari kissing a, a corn squid head <laughs> I would have had no complaints. I well, I was even when the Mon Calamari captain is in the tube in the beginning, yeah. and then an, no, no, it's the Quarren. The Quarren yeah. captain is in the tube in the beginning, and then another Quarren comes in with like a martini glass yeah, with, and pours a little with a bit fish in it. with a fish in it. I was just like right away. I was like, oh, so that's how we're playing yeah, yeah. in this episode. Yeah, and then like the ship shows up and there's axe woves and he's the captain and t- talking a bunch of nonsense to the Quarren. And then out comes this Mon Calamari prince. <laughs> but I love you. Was that all our relationship was? I'm not going back to that palace. <laughs> and then they kiss. Yeah. And with, 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 the, with the squid head, squid face yeah. tentacle thing. They, they zoom the camera on them holding hands. <laughs> with this big... Crab forearms. <laughs> yeah, again, I was like, oh, so th- th- this is how this one's going. Well, I we need to back up to, I was awoken, awakened by a text from you that yeah. says, I hope you don't die. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I see in the morning, I hope you don't die. And I was like, okay, I guess I better get up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Go kiss kiss my children on the forehead. Daddy's going off. He might not return. <laughs> going go into the basement. I have to go off on a dangerous journey. It, I, it makes me. This episode makes me think of when we went to the first Mandalorian panel at Celebration Chicago, and John Favreau made a point to mention that the holiday special was one of the influences for them going into Mandalorian. We were like, "Oh, that's cute." He must be talking about. Like the fact that the the rifle that the because the right the picture of the Mandalorian's like vibro like rifle thing had already come out. We're like, oh, that's like Boba Fett. Like hit the pink dinosaur with. Oh, that's so cool. Not knowing that literally the holiday special <laughs> would right. be when we get to season three in twenty twenty three, that the holiday special would be an influence because when you think of guns for hire as being holiday special-esque it, it really kind of is i think it kind of is because it's very <coughs> much what if star wars was a normal tv show but still star wars <laughs> because yeah it's your standard buddy cop show csi murder mystery kind of thing But with everyone in <laughs> aliens and rubber masks and robots. It it almost reminded me if instead of making the Empire Strikes Back, if they were like, we're gonna well look at look at how successful Buck Rogers is. Like we're gonna make a Star Wars TV show in nineteen seventy-nine. It would be like this episode. And this week's guest stars are Jack Black and Musical Sensation Lizzo. Tune in on ABC. Yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> like, I think I'm happiest when when Star Wars is 
when live action Star Wars thinks it's the comics, I think, and and whether it's the Dark Horse comics or the the crazy Marvel comics or the uh, the newspaper strips, any of that, where it's just like it's loosely Star Wars. Yeah, well, that's like, when we did our episode a couple of years ago on the yeah the newspaper strips where we we went on and off on a whole thing about that where it's just it's Star Wars because it's saying it's Star Wars, but there was the oh my god there was that whole part in the newspaper strips where Luke went to a space casino. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, and he was using the force to gamble. <laughs> right. yeah. That's yeah. that's guns for hire. Yeah. Yeah. Or when Darth Vader hired the actor to play Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> to trick Luke. <laughs> that's that's John Favreau's favorite stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I somebody said I think it was on a Facebook group too that when we locked eyes with John Favreau with the Mandalorian experience last year that we transferred some energy to him. Yeah. He stole a little bit of our souls, <laughs> but he's giving it back to us week by week. Which I guess that's the crazy thing with Guns for Hire, that it's like, I don't know, like I watch it and I'm like, this is amazing, but it's almost like looking at a reflection of yourself. I'm not, you know, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't think this episode is going to hit me. Until make make a year from now, <laughs> it's, it's it's too close. Yeah, it's too close. It's too close. <laughs> it, it doesn't even seem like a weird episode to us because we're just like, yeah, okay, of course. This is just <laughs> this is how this is going this is how, now. Yeah, this is normal. Yeah. yeah, it's if anything like a really great episode of Andor was weirder <laughs> to us. We're like, wow, I didn't know Star Wars could be like this. Yeah. This is great. But like something like Guns for Hire, we're just like, hmm, all right. Yeah. Kind of like the newspaper strips. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and, you know, and I get this episode has been kind of de- uh, device- divisive. Divisive, that's the word I was trying to say online. And b- believe me, I get it. I totally get it. The- this is not for everyone. Yeah, I'm amazed that as many people love it. As they do, I would. I was ready for like everybody to be like, I'm not watching this show anymore. So it makes me happy that there's so many people who are like, this episode is awesome. <laughs> you know what really was? There were two moments for me in this episode when Christopher Lloyd, Doctor Hellgate, is reviewing the footage of Droid Mayhem, <laughs> and it's the, it's. It's the. It was really the droid stealing the speeder and crashing yeah. it into a wall. I, I don't know because it starts right out with a droid just throwing trash, <laughs> just throwing trash everywhere. That was almost a gentle thing. And the cook droid, I was like, yeah. And then the battle droid carrying a lady's boxes of fancy clothes, and then eventually just like rah, going through the. I was, just one of those videos right. would have been appropriate, yeah. but the droid stealing a speeder. That, that's what got me. <laughs> drives into a wall. <laughs> and the droid, like, screams, too, when it goes into the wall. The other thing that got me, and I, I was posting about this on online, when finally they get to Axe Woves and the Vizsla crew out there, and number one, they're just in, like, a public park. They're just hanging out, drinking drinks. It's a barbecue. It's like a barbecue. <laughs> But there's two Mandalorians just playing catch in yeah. the corner. Yeah. They have lawn chairs. <laughs> they have Mandalorian mugs that look like little beer kegs. 
the the Mandalorian's playing catch though got me. It's like, well, we got some downtime. You know, we got to play some catch. Yeah. Well, that's you know maybe we're that's you know that's world building because the children of the watch when they're having fun they're just shooting grenades into the water. <laughs> yeah. But the the fancy Mandos like they're they're jocks. They like to play sports. Like. <laughs> And uh, the whole fight happening, like, two in the afternoon at, like, a public park yeah. with, like, freshly cut grass. Yeah, it probably smelled great there. <laughs> and there's, like, Star Destroyers parked in the background. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a very Star Trek episode, too, and it's, it makes me think it's, like, Star Trek Four where they're, like, just hiding. Aren't they hiding the ship, like, in a park? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> everyone remember where we parked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it fits right in. I can't. I, it's like I can't with this episode. It, yeah, I don't know if there's any deep thoughts in this one. Maybe. Yeah, it's actually, I'll show you my notes here because recording this live. I wrote, deep thoughts, are there any? <laughs> <laughs> there might be, but it, it might, the deep thought might just be that there's not too. That sometimes, let's just go on a tangent and have fun. The, the things I would, there, there was a couple of things I was thinking about in the, the day after this episode came out. One is kind of the, the like the illusion of control. Because it's kind of like, well, again, I didn't even figure out what Christopher Lloyd was saying until like the fourth time I watched it. But he's got like that big red button where if, which is outrageous, where if he pushes it, all the droids, like the battle droids will go back to their, like, original programming. And here on this beautiful, idyllic Epcot Center planet, the droids are given, like, another life where they can just be droids. It's like the dream of L337 for real. But it's almost like how quickly that can change with just Christopher Lloyd pressing that red button. And it's almost like the the, the whole, like, illusion of control. Like, who is in control? Is it, do the, do the droids have free will? Is it Christopher Lloyd with his red button? Is it Jack Black and Lizzo? And then you think of that in the end with Bo-Katan kind of taking the Darksaber and kind of taking control in this kind of, like what we've been talking about all season with this, these kind of made-up rules that the Mandalorians have and they cling to. And in the end, it's like Bo-Katan has the Darksaber, and she's presumably going to go back to Mandalore, and she's going to dig up that Mythosaur. And it's like this whole thing of, like, she's the leader now. She's in control. And I don't know. I started thinking about, like, how are these two stories connected? Again, kind of like last week. Like, yeah. there, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a line, there's a connection line, a narrative line between these two stories. Yeah, this one seemed more, if anything, just loosely showing alternate alternate way for you know, it's the, po- the politics of Star Wars as far as like this is different than the other planets because in a way it's like a utopia because the droids are happy and the people are happy but it's also like I guess like in Wally where the, the humans are all happy but they can't actually do anything anymore right um, but also it just seemed like it was more an excuse to show Din and Bo's relationship and how they kind of balance each other out because it was a lot of them each being themselves and the other person kind of telling them well that that works or that doesn't work like you're kind of being a jerk and you should do it this way and you're 
kind of being bossy. You should do it this way. And it seemed more about the relationship, an excuse to see the relationship between those two than maybe the the grander deep thoughts that some of the other episodes have been getting into. That's true. And yeah, I didn't really think about that, that it really, yeah, it is just kind of the two of them working together and solving this droid mystery yeah. on this goofy planet. Yeah, and and in using his life experience of oh, I know about Ugnats and I know how to you talk Ugnaught. talk nice to them, but then with the droids, he's like, I don't like droids, and I'm going to be mean, and her yeah. trying to be more diplomatic. So yeah, it's just kind of something maybe we didn't get as much with the rest of the season to just even though they've been together a lot, but just to to have them not necessarily fighting and blasting their way out through most of it and just yeah going on a little uh, detective mission i did like that in the beginning r5d4 is just hanging out in their ship and like just taking it easy yeah he doesn't want to get out and he's just like i don't know with all those droid stuff going on or next episode they'll look for him and he'll be gone because he left to go live on the droid planet (laughs) the only other thing i wondered too and i was talking about this briefly before we started recording was in a lot of ways, this episode kind of, there were a lot of prequel, very obvious prequel references like Bo-Katan mentioning the Clone Wars and battle droids and super battle droids. Mention of Count Dooku. It was a very prequel friendly episode. John Favreau has seen the light at some point. But I wonder if much like The Phantom Menace and so much of the prequels where you know, people criticize The Phantom Menace, so it's like, oh, it's for kids, and it's goofy, and it's not like the original trilogy, but it was kind of the wonderful thing with that movie is underneath the surface, it was very dark. Underneath this kind of goofy silliness, there was, you know, everything was that was happening was by design of Palpatine. And I wonder if the Axe Wolves crew... Did they have anything to do actually now with getting Gideon out of that Imperial shuttle? Did Jack Black know about this? A former Imperial, part of the Amnesty program, was he just kind of clueless about it? You know, they they made at the end of this episode kind of like, oh, you can come back anytime. They give Bo Katan the key to the city, which is ridiculous, but beautiful. It just is kind of what happens here maybe not as lighthearted and goofy as it seems. Could this come back around one day and kind of be like, oh, there was more going on there than we think? Probably not. Probably not, just because based on the other two seasons, there's been so many things where they're like, man, I feel like they're going to come back to this. (laughs) They never do. And they haven't, but, but there's definitely... There's possibilities there because this is kind of unlike any other Star Wars civilization we've seen. Um, other than yeah, maybe this is maybe that's like what the Techno Union and the Nemodians were like. They were just playing games and drinking juice all day. <laughs> secretions, <laughs> secretions. <laughs> but I, you know, overall, it's like the thing I'm taking away from this episode is the Mandalorian. Again, one of the most popular shows in the world plays by its own rules. Does not care. And what's more Star Wars than that, really? Yeah, really. Well, and it's the thing I was 
keep thinking about too with the with them bringing Rick Famuyiwa on as executive <laughs> producer and us just assuming that oh this is going to be like the serious season and it's yeah. going to be like the believer or you know his Mando's crew is going to come back and it's going to be like this dark heist missions and that sort of stuff and it's no it's the other Rick Famuyiwa the Jawa episode. the Jawa episode the goofiest goofy stuff that Book of Boba is tame compared to season three of Mandalorian and I'm all for it. It's like, yeah, let's now that we have Andor, let's like let's make goofy Star Wars goofier and serious Star Wars seriouser because we we have it all. We don't need to we don't need to try to mix it all into one show anymore. <laughs> so let's do what we do. Let's get into the chunky bits. Yeah. The whole opening on the Quarren ship. <laughs> the whole ship full of squid faces. Yeah, the ship looks so awesome. I love how they look. It looks like a Klingon ship, <laughs> yeah. and it's like I was trying to think: is that is because Christopher Lloyd was on the episode that they made it like super Star Trekky? <laughs> but the tank, it's like at first, yeah. Where, where did you think? Oh wait, is that a Bakta tank? Like, what's going on? Why yeah. is she in that tank? Well, first of all, yeah, the ship goes by, and I'm like, oh, what kind of ship is that? I don't know. And they're like, oh, it's a whole bunch of, yeah, Quarrens. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Speaking in subtitles, which I don't know if you noticed, these are like the first time we've had kind of like different subtitles. Because one thing, I don't know if we've talked about this, My one of my absolute favorite things with The Mandalorian is it still does the like burned into the screen old school Star Wars subtitles right. that even the movies don't have anymore because on Disney Plus it just uses the closed caption kind of stuff. Right. Um, and Book of Boba had that and this has that but now they're getting into like the flashier stuff where like they're like one's offset because it's the one yeah. Corin talking and it's like it's like we're watching John Wick or something where they're <laughs> trying to do like fancy subtitles. Yeah and then, then the prince comes out we love each other. No, I love you. Who cares about fate? I love you. Uh, it's a, yeah. I hope Bryce Dallas Howard, give her Oscars, Emmys, Golden Globes. Give her an Olympic gold medal, like anything. A Purple Heart. A wrestling belt. Give her all the awards, just for that part. It's the whole thing. It's like, you know, people are like, okay, next week is Bryce Dallas Howard's episode. It's going to be a real good one. Yeah, it's going to be It's going to be so amazing. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> just not, <laughs> we just didn't know she was making it for us. So what, yeah, Bo and Din, they fly to this planet. Was it Plazier 15? It's an independent world. Uh, and I did. They did say like that. Axe Woves has these Imperial ships, and they were like, "Oh, that'll be handy for retaking Mandalore." Like hint, 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 hint. So we get when they're flying close to the planet, though, and you know where this episode starts to go because there's the little musical alarm. Someone's cell phone goes off, but it's not your cell phone. It's the spaceship, and what the droid is like. You have to land. We're going to take control of your ship. We're going to land you here. And it took me a second to even figure out what was going on with the planet. Like, it's a really cool looking sci-fi thing. But, like, until the ship landed, I like was like, what, what am I even looking at? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, this looks great. Yeah, it looks like concept work for Epcot Center. Again, it looks like 
the Sid <laughs> Mead's dreams. Or... It's funny, like, from the trailer, it was like, oh, they, is that... Is that back on Mandalore? Is this a Mandalorian thing? <laughs> People are freaking out. Yeah. No, yeah. it's Plazier 15. Yeah. It's Epcot Center Planet. <laughs> Actually, too, weren't didn't someone post that it, it looks like uh, Logan's Run too? Yeah, it's the, like the Logan's Run planet. Yeah, it really it does look like Logan's Run. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and they land on the platform. You know, keeping this the season tradition of really cool shots of Bo's ship. Folding its wings and landing. Every every episode has to have at least one shot of Bo's ship yeah. landing. I like before they get out of the the space uh, monorail too. Uh, Din does say, "Do you think we're going to have to blast our way out?" <laughs> and I was like, "Is that is that a, is that a reference?" <laughs> if she said you have a point, then we <laughs> then I would be dead. I would jump out the window. But before they get in the monorail, we get just a oh, beautiful shiny black. Death Star droid and yeah. uh, his little astromech friend just hanging out on the platform. That's when I knew this was going to be something special. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're already talking to droids. So they go into this fancy ballroom and there's birds flying around. Did I like the guards in the corners wearing like Obi-Wan Jendi Clone Wars. Well, it's like the comics. It's like they always have that in the comics. There's like it's a knight wearing stormtrooper armor kind of a thing. <laughs> and then yeah, just basically all your favorite barely used new creatures. We got the the giant oh uh lizard draft things that the stormtroopers are riding in Rogue One. Yeah, like, it's like purple. Around. It's purple this time. Some yeah, flying lizard thing. I didn't even catch it the first time that, that there was like a boar gullet frog in a jar mixed yeah. alien in the in the tube that they're The secretions the secretions made more sense the second time it was like, oh yeah, they're drinking weird space Kool-Aid <laughs> juice from a from a space whale tube thing. There's a big dinner table, there's frog people, there's biths, there's Rodians, there's a snaggletooth and a fancy hat. There's a bunch of Celestians. There's a hammerhead. And yeah, at the end of the table is Jack Black and Lizzo. And Jack Black is like, come join us. Come. It's a party. (laughs) Everyone, special guests, Mandalorians. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just Jack Black, normal, everyday Jack Black. (laughs) They just put put a uniform on him. The craziest beard. Lizzo has a hologram cape. With a big, a big hologram flower yeah. cape, yeah. yeah. Who would have thought after Grief Cargo walking around with cape droids that a few episodes later, it's like cape droids aren't even cool anymore because hologram capes are, are the new thing. And they are hamming it up. And that's the thing. It's like it's, it's, it's so 70s TV. It really is like... This week on Buck Rogers, Zsa Zsa Gabor as the Queen of Space. Yeah. And what's, you know, that's that's the Mandalorian, though, because even <laughs> going back, it was always like, it was kind of like Adventure of the Week. It was like the A-Team or, or the Fall Guy or any of those like 70s, 80s shows where, you know, there's this overarching story where, you know, the A-Team's got to clear their name or whatever, but really week to week, it's just them going on some wacky adventure making hot air balloons out of lawn chairs or something (laughs) (laughs) and here we are all these years later yeah and it's like mando and bo have to solve a robot murder mystery i will say though on wednesday morning 
this was all coming at me so fast that I was like, I, how do I feel about Jack Black and Lizzo? Because immediately I was like, that's Jack Black, that's Lizzo. And I was kind of like, should you do that? Like, Star Wars hadn't really done... Like, when we've had, like, famous actors show up, like, you know, Woody Harrelson in Solo or something, people that are well-known, it's not, you know, not everything can be, well, like, a cast of unknowns, like the like the old movies. I, I And at first, I was a little bit, like, taken out of, like, wait, are we really doing this right now? I've, you know, in the day after, and I think, like, the StarWars.com and, like, Star Wars social media just kind of embracing the ridiculousness of this episode. <laughs> I, I, and I think I, this episode is so ridiculous that I've embraced it more. Um, but they're really, they're really hamming it up. Jack Black, especially. We were going to get NSYNC and Attack of the Clones and we didn't. So yeah. now this is making up for that. <laughs> and I was cool with that. I know. In so, so you should be cool with it now. Yeah. I am. I am. Yeah. I am. No, I, I, I like, yeah, whatever. They're, they're at least, People from the real, there are people from the real world that are outrageous enough to go into Star Wars and and not feel out of place. Yeah, because yeah, I thought they were I thought they were great. But like you were saying, and I totally agree with it. They sh- this this episode should have been a musical. Yeah the the only thing wrong with this episode is they had both of them in it and they didn't sing a love song to each other at the end. Yes. If you're going to, Lizzo should have played a space flute mm-hmm. to Grogu. Yeah, and Jack Black could have played a, a space guitar or something. Yes. There should have been some actual music happening in it. That's the only thing keeping it from full on special or full on uh, holiday specialing, too, <laughs> is they didn't, Jack Black didn't get the purple uh, or the pink microphone out and sing into it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so holiday special. So, yeah, then, yeah, he is a former Imperial and. They, they want the Mandos to fix their droid problem, and they start talking about battle droids. It's, I, I almost had to pause it. It's like, no, 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 we're not really going to get battle droids, are we? It's like, yeah, 5-something a.m., and I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. If you want to do battle droids. They're speaking the words out loud. <laughs> and I like Din at the end, like, you had me at battle droids. <laughs> it's like, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So then Christopher Lloyd shows up out of nowhere. Yeah. And that was another one where it was like with everything in this episode, like I I feel like it was sometime in the summer, like last summer, people were like Christopher Lloyd is playing a secret part yeah. in the Mandalorian season three. Yeah. And I, as of weeks ago, people were like, Maybe it's Bo Katan's father and he's still alive and he's on Mandalore. Maybe it's Jacoris de Booth. <laughs> Maybe he's like the king of the Mandalorians or something. Yeah. No, he's Dr. Hellgate. Dr. Hellgate, who programs battle droids to do to take out the trash and he used to be or he's like head of security yeah which is like okay yes that makes perfect sense why they got him now and he yeah he's hamming it up with the best of them yeah just chris well i well, i've got this button and i nobody needs to work and the droids the society will collapse you need to come watch these videos of droids doing wacky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the files here. You gotta go see the Ugnaughts. 
So then, as because this episode just keeps getting crazier, then they got to go down into the basement where the Ugnots are, and there's Ugnots with hair, and there's Ugnots wearing welding masks. It's Ugnots working on battle droids, <laughs> standing on ladders, welding battle droids. Their Ugnot faces are so just beautiful little Ugnot faces when they're sitting at the table and he's talking to the main Ugnot and then they just cut to the other Ugnots and they just have their little grumpy old man Ugnot faces. And I love, yeah, oh. Din, like, you gotta know how to talk to Ugnots and he's like, Ugnots are the hardest working creatures in the galaxy. I'm not saying you're not good, but I knew Quill and... I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. It's a table full of Ugnots. I'm honored to share the table with you. Right. It's one of those moments where it's like, just stop and think. I'm watching a TV show, the biggest, one of the biggest shows in the world. And it's a a guy in a a metal helmet sitting at a table with Ugnots (laughs) talking about fixing droids. The prequels sitting next to a character from the Clone Wars. (laughs) Prequel era, we like, will we ever see an Ugnot in the prequel? That'd be cool. Probably not, though. You know? And then, s- sequel trilogy, would it be cool if we saw an Ugnot? No, we'll never see an Ugnot. I think we could safe to say an Ugnot is a species we may never see in live-action Star Wars ever again. Yeah, well, and, and after Quill, it was like, oh, we got Quill. That was amazing. But, you know, goodbye Ugnots. Yeah. And now, wait, now there's like five Ugnots. <laughs> They're sitting at a little table. What is wrong with John Favreau? He's just right. All like we said, all he can do anymore is just sit around and write yeah. Star Wars episodes. He's like Jack Black sitting at the table, sucking the secretions out of the space <laughs> whale. He's got one hanging over his desk, and he just can't stop drinking that juice. Ugnots. We need more Ugnots. His family tried to get him to leave his office. No. I got I got eight more episodes in me just today. <laughs> They're gonna go down in the basement. Then <sighs> I like to when they leave the Ugnot basement and they're back in the space monorail. Bo says to Din, "What was that?" <laughs> and I was like, "Again, same." I, what was that? Yeah. The best part with the space monorail is it's it's a cool idea. It looks cool. It's a cool use of like the the uh, the volume. The volume. Um, but did you notice, like, the last time they're in it, it gets extra crazy? Like, yeah. it's going, like, twice as fast. Yeah, it's just whipping around. It's, like, almost like it messed up, and they were like, who cares? Yeah. Just let it go. That's the way this episode so goes. crazy. Yeah, so then what they go to the loading docks, and you got a classic live-action Matt Wood battle droid. Hey, you. And then the, the bunch of super battle droids walking in a row carrying boxes. Carrying boxes. The, well, the, uh, this whole episode was just like a dream for me because it's all the Star Wars nonsense that I love, but it's also like I really like the Isaac Asimov like iRobot books, and then there was like the three books with the like detective and the android that would go solve crimes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what those books are called, but yeah, I like. Always wish they would make that movie instead of the iRobot movie we got. And it's like, this episode's like almost that, but with Mandalorians and, and Battle Droids in it. It's like a crazy Isaac Asimov robot story. Because, yeah, because we know it really is. Because, yeah, there's ro- rogue robots going around. And then they're, yeah, that's another one where it's just like, what is going on? Because then it's 
Bo-Katan and a Mandalorian chasing a super battle droid through this fancy <laughs> city. Yeah. And the super battle droid is just running for his life. But that's like every cop show, right? They find yeah. they find the suspect and he's he runs and they got to chase him down and somebody's got to tackle him. <laughs> just, just and like serious action music is playing like <laughs> chasing a super battle droid. He's throwing stuff at them. <laughs> he picks up a big post and throws it, throws a box at him. I was literally sitting there like, this is nuts. This is nuts. And that's, I think that's when I got afraid for your life. I was just like, I don't know. Because I know how you feel about super battle yeah, droids. Yeah, so I was just like, yeah. I don't know if Gabe's ready for yeah, this. I better yeah. warn him. And it gets worse. Yeah, so what, the bow shoots the super battle droid. And then, yeah, out co- I really like the little police, the emergency yeah, droids. Yeah. It's a crime scene. It's <laughs> a crime scene. Whatever. Yeah. Little, little Wally droids. And then Bo finds a spark pad. It's the resistor. And there's an address. And then I like Din. That sounds like a droid bar. <laughs> Just totally. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so good. It's- they get so yeah they get to the droid but before they go into the droid bar I'm a big fan of the two droids hanging out outside yeah, the droid bar yeah. flirting, flirting with each other yeah. like the one they, with his arm around the other just kind of chatting it up yeah hey, great hey, what's up you ever been here before <laughs> so they get inside the droid bar and there's I I'm a big fan of the fact that there was droid music playing in the yeah, droid bar yeah. that music droids would want to listen yeah, to. Yeah. Just like their drink. They don't drink what, what organics drink and they don't listen to what organics listen to. <laughs> There's a bunch of shots of the droid bar. And in a way, you know, the, the droid bar is so genius because how many times has Star Wars done the creature bar? And you can't outdo the cantina. I mean, Jabba's Palace wasn't a bar, but how can you outdo? They've tried over and over again. But it's like, let's not do a creature bar. Let's do a droid bar. And it's superstars in there. There's a CZ3. There's a big Buford droid yeah. from uh, the sequels. There's the Maybe the actual train conductor from, from Boba Fett is there. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. He's like, I'm giving up my life of crime. I am going to go and just drink myself. Silly. He's terrified of Boba Fett after he jumped in the front of the yeah. train. Well, that's why he saw Mandalorian. He said, wait, it's not Boba Fett, is it? <laughs> There's a whole table of Star Tours, Captain Rex droids just hanging out. <laughs> I think they're wasted. Yeah, they're drunk. <laughs> and then finally they get to the droid bartender with his 99 voice. I do love to, like, as soon as they start talking to the droid bartender, the blue po- protocol droid tries to leave. Tries to leave. And Din's like, nobody leaves. Yeah. And the blue protocol droid, like, goes back. Like, that was a whole moment that didn't have to be yeah. in the episode, but it, it's in there. Yeah, it's it's insane. Give, just find awards to give to Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> All of them. Give her the key to the city. So the droid bartender then gets like this whole monologue. We don't want to be replaced. Human life is so short. It is the least we can do. <laughs> like what the hell is he talking about? So serious, yeah. Like what is what is oh, happening? Life is so fleeting. Droid bartender. We it to honor our humans. We will continue forever. Yeah, they are our create. They are our creators. <laughs> 
It's like, what? What is happening here? So then they figure out that there's this drink that patches programming nerpanthe, nerpanthal, nerpanthe, something like that. Yeah, it's all I'm going to be drinking from now on. And what the malfunctioning droid, they all had this certain batch. Nerpanthe. Nerpanthe, yeah. They all had the nerpanthe. So then we go to the droid morgue. Okay, the droid morgue, this is the closest to being dead I've ever been in my entire life, I think. <laughs> because I'm they're in a morgue, and before my brain can even register that they're in a morgue, they open up the door, and they pull a battle droid out on the slab in the morgue. Yeah, I almost lost it. I think I choked or gagged or laughed. I don't know. A sound came out of me. The warning didn't help. <laughs> this is like... And it's so serious too. Yeah, they, it's like eyes wide shut, and they pull out this this dead battle super battle a droid. Super battle droid on a, in a morgue. Yeah, like oh, so sad. Well, let's let's try and figure out what happened. And then the bald, the white bald droid that's in there goes nuts and starts shooting yeah. red lasers well, at everybody. Because it takes the it takes the the oil out of the super battle droid to do the sample, and then oh. it, I think it gets into its system and it. Drives it crazy too. I just figured that out now. Yeah, I yeah. It took a while <laughs> for that one to absorb because every time that scene goes up, my brain just shuts down because yeah. I can't believe. Yeah, there's a super battle droid we get a morgue. So they figure out that there's nano droids in the neuropenthe, and the nano droids have a chain code. And then the, another prequel thing: they were made by the techno union, and they're like, "That's crazy!" And then like the the person working at the morgue, it's illegal. I'm like, yeah, it's illegal how insane it is. Yeah. I don't even know what is going on. I don't think I even understood what the techno union I, was to begin with. I just seem to think somewhere, you know, months ago, John Favreau's sitting at home at a typewriter or something, typing up the typing this stuff up. And I'm smiling, I'm assuming. <laughs> I think sometime, yeah, last year, sometime in 2022, Favreau watched Attack of the Clones and got it. Yeah, it blew his mind. He was like, finally, after 20 years, I see the light of Attack of the Clones. <laughs> what was up with Wat Tambor? Well, and it, I was thinking that it too. It's, it's like, as much as last week's episode was Phantom Menace, this was kind of like Attack of the Clones. Oh my God. Because it's the murder, it's the mystery. It's the detective stuff. Forbidden love. Forbidden love. <laughs> and and then, yeah, the battle droids. Oh, my God. Yeah. And at okay. the end, the, they have an army. Yeah. The army shows up at yeah. the end. Yeah. And are they good or are they bad? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So the, are the next two episodes Revenge of Mando, of Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. Oh, oh, could be. So, yeah, it's illegal, and these droids were brought there by Christopher Lloyd, Commissioner Hellgate. So they go to confront him, and he's like, freeze! I'm going to shut down all the droids! Make them, make them super bad droids again with this big red candy-like button! <laughs> the, giant, the giant button. And they're like, he's a separatist! Oh, separatist! This is, that's <laughs> just a prerogative. <laughs> Count Dooku was a visionary. <laughs> he starts singing the Bobby Brown song. It's my prerogative. I can do what I want to do. <laughs> Count Dooku. <laughs> it's just dancing. 
Oh Trump my God! Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then yeah, because yeah, because his speech is getting too outrageous, they just electrocute him. <laughs> he brings up Count Dooku, and they're like, "That's that's it." Yeah, people are gonna die. <laughs> that's, and also, in the space of a year between Tales of the Jedi, the Bad Batch, like the what was it, the third episode of the Bad Batch, and now this with the Dooku references. Love me, Dooku. <laughs> love, love me, Dooku. So meanwhile, Jack Black and Lizzo and Grogu are wadding up giant ball, giant bugs and throwing them through targets, <laughs> and Grogu is helping with it. That reminds me, we forgot that when they first meet Lizzo and Jack Black and Lizzo wants to hold the baby, yeah. and Din's like... He doesn't like strangers, and she wiggles a fish, and he does his Jedi leap into her lap just to eat some fish. And Lizzo, like, doesn't stop holding him for the whole rest of the episode, which is kind of great because I was reminded of how a, a couple years ago or a year ago or something, Lizzo was posting a bunch of pictures of gro- little Grogu yeah. toys and how many Grogu stuff she has. Bring her on the show. Yeah. Yeah, let her hold Grogu for a whole episode. Fine with me? Fine. You know, it's fine. Lizzo's great. It's about damn time. So then, yeah, Lizzo gives Bo the key to the Plazier 15, and they're always welcome, and she knights Grogu, that Grogu is a knight of Plazier 15. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm just, yeah. By this part in the episode, I'm just a bowl of goo. My brain can't can't handle it. So now they they go to the Mandos and they're hanging out in the park, drinking drinks, playing catch. Uh, Bo wants her fleet, and Axwell is challenged, and there's a Mando Mando and Mando fight, doing all the Bofet stuff. Yeah, and this might be the most jetpack hand to hand combat ever because it's basically. It's the Obi-Wan Django oh fight. Oh my god, it is. But times ten. Yeah. Yeah. This is the Attack of the Clones episode. <laughs> Which yeah. is just... Fa- Favreau over Christmas break or something just like snorted the prequels <laughs> and it's just all sweating out of them now. <laughs> Even Dave Filoni is just like, Well, you're going too hard on Attack of the Clones. Like, you need to slow down. It's like I gotta go work on Ahsoka. You're on your own. <laughs> You're freaking me out. You need to mix that with some 7-Up or something. You can't drink Attack of the Clones straight. (laughs) You gotta gotta have a chaser or something. Yeah, Pharaoh's like, I'm just gonna eat these beans. (laughs) (laughs) Chew it on the beans. So what about the Darksaber? And I love, too, that the the Phil Tippett mad god cyborg has now become one of the most important people in Mandalorian history. The, 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 the mad god cyborg. Yeah, the Cyclops cyborg. The Cyclops cyborg. Yeah, would this blade not belong to her? And then he gives her the Darksaber to his rightful owner. She lights it up in a public park. And that's where this <laughs> fever dream finally yeah, ends. Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk about what could be coming next. So she is now the ruler. bo is now the ruler of Mandalore. You got the Mythosaur out there. They're gonna go back. They're gonna. They've got like Star Destroyer. They got a ton of ships. 
they're going to get the children of the watch, maybe the dragons. They are going to go retake Mandalore now. But like what does that mean? Is Gideon there waiting for them? And is it a trap? Does it would Axe Wolves Woves if he did if they did have part of Gideon are they there waiting for them? Would they betray Bo-Katan? I don't want to. I don't want to because I like Axe Woves. I like uh, Koska Reeves. I like, even though Koska Reeves didn't say a damn word in this whole episode. He didn't need to. Yeah. Yeah, I, it could happen. I hope it doesn't happen. I kind of feel like it's going to be the thing where they get the children on the watch, they're all ready to go, and you think they're going to get to Mandalore, and that's when something's going to happen that screws everything up. That Gideon's going to come out of the show up, or the Empire stuff's going to show up, or something we've forgotten about is going to show up, and that they're not actually going to make it to Mandalore till next season. Did Carson Teva tell people in the New Republic what he found on that Imperial shuttle? And now suddenly the New Republic is after the Mandalorians. Could be. Yeah. Because, yeah, now is the scariest time of the year when everything from the trailers is gone. Yeah. And there's two episodes left. They're going to be both what Rick Pamiua, it might be a two-parter. We never really got, I mean, we kind of got a two-parter in the first season, but it wasn't really a two-parter. I guess it kind of was. It was two different directors, but it was kind of a... Yeah. Because I wonder, because they've gone out of their way this season to kind of tell us that the New Republic is not functioning the way it should. And there's a lot of influence on the New Republic that probably shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, Well, and Gideon potentially is definitely mad at Bo because they bombed her house more so than the other Mandalorians. So if anything, it may be Gideon out to get Bo more than even carrying it. The other, I guess, Mandalorians are just bonus at that point. But Gideon would want Grogu and he would want the Darksaber back. Yeah. He would be like, those are two things that belong to me. Probably Gideon, probably Grogu the most. And he just probably wants revenge on all of them. Din Djarin, Bo-Katan, all of them. I don't know. And if we've learned anything this season, is that we haven't learned anything. No. Because I could, I would have never predicted this episode. No. Ever. No. No. I think after last week, it was like, oh, this next episode is going to be like something serious. And yeah, 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 this pirate stuff was fun, but this is, this is as crazy as it's going to get. <laughs> We got Mandalorians versus pirates. They're going to dial it back a little bit. <laughs> well, and I like that it ended on this super great cliffhanger with that's like Beskar alloy. What? And then we're not going to talk about that at all. But did they, though? That's what I was like. Did they? Where did this episode right away begin with showing the Mandalorian kind of mercenaries? It's true. Out there where they, 
They're not afraid to separate a Quarren and a Mon Calamari in love. They don't care. Well, they're basically, they're, they're Din from season one. Right, exactly. And they're, yeah, they're just doing it for the money and they're not doing it for the cause anymore, which is, I guess, why Bo was connecting with the Children of the Watch more than, because, yeah, I guess they, when Bo, because Bo didn't have the Darksaber, they didn't care about Bo anymore. Right. So, and then, again, yeah, that, that might be onto something then, yeah. And that's, again, it's kind of like the illusion of control. You right. know, just because Bo has the dark saber, then she's in control. Well, is she? You know, and no, you're right. And she made Axe Wolves look look silly. Yeah, she at his barbecue. It was his barbecue. Yeah, she showed up and shoved his face in the sauce. <laughs> so I don't know. I love this show. I love the Mandalorian. Shine on, you crazy diamond. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I still am in shock that the season three went as 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 hard and wild as it did. Like I went back and watched a little bit of season one because I kept thinking. I know I've seen some other people make the connection of like, was that the Mon Calamari from the the oh, yeah. puck in season one? And I don't think it was because that that Mon Calamari like skipped bail, and it seemed like it maybe was in, inspired by that Mon Calamari. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of funny going back to season one and just kind of visually how, like, darker and a little bit grittier the show looked, even though the, the content wasn't as dark and gritty. Yeah. And just this episode, yeah, really being, it's the Attack of the Clones version of the show where it's just rainbow-colored and, and outrageous. <laughs> Candy-colored. Yeah. It's just, yeah, robot candy. So... Yeah, if you are listening to this, uh, Celebration London is underway right now, or it will be in just a matter of hours, and by the time probably a lot of people are listening to this, we're living in a different world where the, the Lucasfilm panel has happened already, and yeah, if you're listening to this on Friday in the afternoon, we're going to be doing our... Super live stream with Silver Star Wars Thrifting, where we, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we're going to be going over all the events uh, that are happening out there in London, and we're going to have special guests. Spina is stopping by with his guitar on Saturday, so you know that's going to be a good time. And it's going to be going down on the, the Blast Points YouTube. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We think we kind of know what we're doing all of a sudden <laughs> and uh it, it's yeah it's gonna be exciting uh this this weekend is all about keeping it keeping it live i guess so starting yeah. with this episode um uh, being recorded live and then being for real live 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 Any, live anything could happen we might fall asleep before your eyes <laughs> the couch we're sitting on could collapse yeah yeah so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be fun yeah and yeah we're, we are literally just hours away from the uh finding out what's going on at the lucasfilm panel so it's gonna be an exciting weekend well and the great thing too if you're watching along on youtube you can comment on youtube and we us and silver will be reading all of the comments you folks write so literally you all can be part of the show which will be really fun um but yeah that about wraps up number 352 here you know the deal with uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps the show. And check out our website and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, yeah, join the Super Chill group. And I'm sure we'll be 
posting stuff on Facebook over the weekend uh, as well in the in the chill group. Yeah, and this is Patreon, where pretty soon we're going to start doing commentaries for some of these Season 3 episodes. And yeah, we'll be back next week with more of the back to the normal kind of thing. <laughs> the normal kind of thing that is the first half of the last two episodes of Season 3, the craziest <laughs> season of Mandalorian yet, so maybe things won't be back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope everybody loved this special recorded live and in person episode here for 22 so yeah good luck with celebration everyone i hope we all survive it we'll see you on the other side and yeah thanks everybody bye bye I love you. Please go. I can't destroy everything I've built for a childish fling. Is that all this was to you? No, that's not what I meant. But you need to go. We knew fate was not on our side. Who cares about fate? I love you. And I will always love you. May the force be with all of you.